Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back in better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests today and every day on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We are fired up and ready to go. It was rowdy this morning on television, and it's going to get crazy today here because we've got a lot of news. We've got a fascinating soundbite to play for you coming up from Baker Mayfield that I absolutely love. A lot of things I love in the show today. World Series, off to a fascinating start. Brightest stars in Hollywood last night were out last night. Keyshawn Johnson today. But we start with the opposite of that. We start with some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And any of you who've listened to me before know that there are very few things that get me really, really mad in sports. I'd like to think I keep some degree of perspective about the importance of all this stuff, except when we're talking about the Jets. And today we aren't talking about the Jets. We are talking about this report from Jane Slater, who's a very good reporter for the NFL Network, about Dallas Cowboys players and, as she put it, their discontent leaking out through anonymous quotes. One of them said, the coaching staff is totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have a sense of any adjusting on the fly. Another said, they just aren't good at their jobs. Now, let's be very clear on where I stand on this subject. I'm sure the football players who made those anonymous quotes love to tell everyone what tough people they are. Football players, by, by definition, are pretty tough. I've always said you have to walk a fine line between courage and insanity to play that sport. And I certainly never question the physical toughness of anyone who plays football. But what I will say, for those players on that team, in that locker room, giving anonymous quotes to a reporter about how bad their coaches are when their season is going downhill, that's the softest thing you can do in sports. That's the opposite of tough. My father would have called you chicken something. Okay? And so I'm saying it to your face if you're watching or listening. I'm saying this, and I'm putting my name on it. If you are a football player, and your team is going down the tubes, and you're giving anonymous quotes about how bad the coaching staff is, regardless of how strongly you believe that, then you're a chicken. You're the opposite of tough. You're the opposite of what you perceive yourself to be. And what you're doing is proving that when there is a problem, you're making it worse. Your first instinct is to take a bad situation and make it worse. There's nothing, nothing more cowardly than anonymous quotes about something like this. Never, ever let there be confusion over the difference between a whistleblower and a snitch. Karen Silkwood was a whistleblower. Anonymous football players talking about how bad their coaches are are snitches. In fact, they're worse than snitches. They're just cowards. You're just, you're just accomplishing nothing, but you're making the situation worse. You make your team look worse than it is. And I don't know if Mike McCarthy is the best coach ever, the worst coach ever, or somewhere in between like most of the rest of them. But he's got a hell of a lot more invested in and a lot more toughness than these anonymous football players giving these anonymous quotes about how bad their coaches are. So just be aware, when you're doing that, you're a coward. And I'm putting my name on it. And if you're a player who wants to call into this program, if you're one of those guys and tell me, you want to acknowledge who you were and tell me why I'm wrong and you're right, I'm sitting right here. I, I couldn't play football if my life depended on it. And there's no question, you're a lot tougher than I am 
physically. But to give anonymous quotes about how bad your coaching staff is, that's chicken. That's what you are. You're a chicken. And you're making the situation way, way, way worse. My friend Herman Edwards said it better than anybody could say it. Put your name on it. Put your name on it. You think he's a bad coach? Put your name on it. You're not necessarily wrong, but what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to make the situation better? Or are you just trying to make yourself look better? Are you just trying to gain some favor, somehow, some way with someone for whatever reason, whether it's because you think it'll gain you uh, more positive coverage in the future or because you just don't want the, the finger of blame pointed in your direction or you want to distract people from how badly you're playing? If you're a defensive player, go chase somebody down. Go look like you're giving effort. Stop committing penalties. The Dallas Cowboys have a lot of problems. Their coaching may very well be one of them. None of what I'm saying here is meant to exonerate Mike McCarthy or the coaches. They've done a bad job. When a team looks as bad as this team looks, there's more than enough blame to go around. But it's our job to distribute that. And as a professional football player, it's your job to try and figure out a solution. It's your job to try and take a bad situation and make it better. Oh, by the way, you're in first place. The division may be a joke, but you're in first place. And if you're a professional, that's the way you're thinking right now. So let there be no mistake what we think of that in Dallas. There's nothing worse than the football player giving anonymous quotes about the coach because it's his fault. It's not mine. He can't coach. I'm a great player. If I had the right coach, I would be a superstar, and we'd be 6-0 and right now. There's nothing weaker than that. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. So I felt like I had to say that, even though it's the last thing I wanted to do. Because we had so many laughs this morning. We were laughing. We were having fun on Get Up today. It was a very light conversation, which I really enjoyed. And, but I, I felt this needed to be said. And we didn't have time to get into it on TV this morning because if you were watching, R.C. and Neek and Esmond Howard all took the conversation in a bunch of other directions. And it was great. And it was a terrific show. And I'm thrilled that we did it. But we never got a chance to say that. And I just felt that was something that needed to be said. We did talk about how bad the Cowboys are. And Ryan Clark had these thoughts on that. This is what happens when you are losers, right? This is a symptom of losing. (laughs) Losing is the disease. And when you have a room full of losers, when you have an organization full of losers, and the one leader that you at least have is now on IR, these things start to surface. And so now you have a team of players that aren't doing their jobs, obviously, that are looking for someone else to blame it on. And Mike McCarthy is the obvious target because he ain't Jason Garrett, because he's not their friend. He's not their guy. So for Mike McCarthy, it's going to be about winning and getting them to do the right thing on the field, not about face-to-face, man-to-man, let's see who's more swole conversations. So there you go. That's RC with his thoughts on that this morning, and obviously you now know where I stand and away we go. The one question I do have is, who is enjoying this more? Dak Prescott's agent or Jason Garrett? What is the meme that you see the, the of, of, of Kermit the Frog sipping the tea? Is that what Jason Garrett is doing right now? You all thought you needed to get me out of here and that would solve all your problems? At least when he was there, the Cowboys never had this. They all seemed to be pulling on the rope in the same direction. I'm not suggesting they made a mistake in getting rid of Jason Garrett, and I don't even know that they didn't make a huge mistake in hiring Mike McCarthy. To be honest with you, I was surprised that they did. I thought they were going to hire Lincoln Riley. I thought they would throw, a, they would just drive a truck filled with money to um, Norman, Oklahoma and say, 
Hello, Lincoln Riley. How much money is it going to take for you to come coach these Cowboys? How about these Cowboys? Is what Jerry was going to say. Now Jerry's got a situation. Because if you're the person, there's no one to point the finger at here but the ownership. Because they're the ones putting the whole thing together. They're making the decisions. And no one fires them. So this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to honor veterans by donating cars to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. All right, much more football, much more on the Cowboys. Ed Werder will join me live coming up a little bit later. He had some very interesting insight into the situation in Dallas. We will get to all of that. But I would also like to get to Game 1 of the World Series, the first chapter of the Fall Classic goes to the stars in Hollywood last night. The two biggest stars on the field, the two biggest stars on the Dodgers, were the stars of the night. Clayton Kershaw, who if you just listen to the way the media talks about him, you would think had never pitched a good game in the playoffs in his life. As it turns out, he's had quite a few good moments. Clearly, he's had more than a share of bad ones as well in the postseason. Last night was not one of those. He induced swings and misses on half the swings last night. Half the times, I'm not sure what the right way to phrase this stat is, so it's clear to you listening if you don't know what I mean. Of all the times that a batter swung at one of his pitches last night, which was a total of 38 times, 38 swings on Clayton Kershaw's pitches, 19 of them were swings and misses, 50%. It is the first time that has ever happened in a World Series game ever. Now, that's a skewed statistic because hitters have an approach right now that has never been the case before. Strikeouts mean something entirely different in the sport than they had traditionally meant. So I'm not suggesting this means that Clayton Kershaw is a better pitcher in the World Series than Bob Gibson or Sandy Koufax. But the stat is the stat, and it's worth mentioning. And he pitched himself out of a jam in the first inning, and then he retired 17 of the last 18 that he faced. So good for him. There's always so much spotlight on Kershaw. And good for him getting out of that last night, getting a win for his team. The advantage is not necessarily right now with the Dodgers. Oh, it is because you're up one nothing, But because of the schedule, for no other reason than when these games were scheduled to be played, the Dodgers are at a huge disadvantage tonight. Both league championship series went seven games. But because the American League series ended on Saturday and the National League series ended on Sunday, The Rays have their pitching where they want it right now. Blake Snell will pitch tonight. And the Dodgers are throwing a bullpen game. There it is just an all-deck-on-hands game. So that is a huge advantage, you would think, for the Rays going into this night. And again, both series went seven. Both teams played seven straight days. This was a product exclusively of the scheduling. It's not like the, the Rays gained an advantage by wrapping up their series in five while the Dodgers needed seven. I like that when an advantage is gained that way. If you wrap up your series more quickly, that should be one of the benefits that you gain is the chance to line up your pitching. But the Rays didn't actually do anything right to earn that. In fact, they did the opposite. They had a 3 nothing lead and let it get all the way to a game seven. The Dodgers crawled out of a 1-3 hole, but because their series ended Sunday, they're at a huge disadvantage in tonight's game two. We'll see what happens. But neither of those are the story. The story is Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, who last night walked, stole second, stole third, 
And then, oh, by the way, came home on, on an infield ground ball that he might be one of 10 players in the sport that would have scored on. Do you know the last time a player walked and then stole two bases in the same inning in the World Series was 1921, and that player was named George Herman Ruth? Babe Ruth was the last guy to do that. Brings up two questions. One of them is, can you believe Babe Ruth stole two bases in an inning? The other is, can you believe no one had done that in 99 years until Mookie Betts did it last night? And with all, you know, he had home run last night. And with all those runs, he's snatching back with balls over the wall in the American League Championship Series. It's no surprise that when I woke up this morning, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning every day is I check Twitter to see what's trending and see which things have a sports connection. So I click on those and I see what people are saying about the trending topics. And when I woke up this morning, one of the trending topics was the name Mike Trout. And I thought to myself, oh, no. What happened to Mike Trout? Was he in an accident? Why is Mike Trout's name trending? It was trending for the best possible reason. It was trending because Dodger fans and baseball fans and anyone else out there were suggesting that Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball, not Mike Trout. I asked Jessica Mendoza about that this morning on Get Up. Mike Trout's not playing in the postseason. I mean, this is the biggest stage. You get more fans, more people that weren't watching in the regular season. Let's be real. Mike Trout is still the best player in baseball. But Mookie Betts, what he has done, first of all, the doubles, the singles, but the stolen bases, he manufactured a run. He stole second, stole third, and by the way, pretty much stole home because it was a ground ball. Did you see the jump on that? I mean, he was able to get home by a walk, stolen base, and then coming, and then the home run to cap it off. I mean, this is showcasing just what really amazing baseball players can do in the postseason. Mike Trout isn't here. We can't see him. Everyone else isn't able to watch Mike Trout, but they can see Mookie Betts. So it is interesting, and I agree with that. I love the enthusiasm that Jess has for this stuff. I mean, she's up till the middle of the night calling these games on ESPN Radio, as she will again tonight. Remember, we are your home for every pitch of the World Series. Game 2 coming your way tonight across all of these ESPN radio stations. And Jessica's calling the games, and she's phenomenal at it. And then she gets up early in the morning, and she has more energy than anyone you'll ever meet talking about these games, and that's what she was talking about last night. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Mookie Betts is spectacular. He might very well be second. And whether he is or he isn't, here he is on the biggest stage. And he's no stranger to the stage because, of course, he was there with Boston. And now here he is with the Dodgers dominating at the biggest moments of the season. Just a spectacular performance from him last night. So if you're the Dodgers, I think you feel very good about yourself. We sent Kershaw out there. Feels a touch on the iffy side every time you do it. Good Kershaw's as good as anybody's ever been. So you had your superstars doing it for you last night. Kershaw outstanding. Mookie Betts outstanding. Dodgers a one nothing lead in the World Series. ESPN Investigate Season 2, The Running Man Podcast is now available. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. So we did a lot of good football conversation on television this morning. I hope that some of you get up with us in the mornings on ESPN Ryan from 8 to 10 in the morning Eastern time. And we talked a lot about the World Series this morning with Jessica Mendoza. We had a lot of great football insight and conversation with Ryan Clark and Dominique Foxworth and Desmond Howard and Dan Graziano. But I've been around the block and back again enough to know that there's only one thing that people are going to remember from our show this morning. And so I will say it again, and I will 100% defend this. Off the Wall is a better album than Thriller. It just is. 
And the reason this came up, for those of you who didn't see the show this morning, <clears throat> hashtag Bubba, is that Desmond Howard did the show and he had the album Off the Wall by Michael Jackson behind him. And it's a very distinctive album cover. And there was some reaction to him having it there. And it turned into a little bit of a conversation. And I just went there. I just said it on the air because I've believed that for a long time. And it is a fight I've had with many people. Michael Jackson, of course, had one of the the, the most successful music careers of any person in history. And he had three solo albums that I think really sort of separate themselves in terms of popularity from the rest. There was the whole Jackson 5 era of Michael Jackson, which was obviously iconic and, and in its own way probably singular and, and even, well, at least as good as anything that he ever did as a solo artist. But then he released, and it was not, it, these were not necessarily the order in which they came out, but this is sequentially the order in which they came out, Off the Wall, Thriller, and Bad. And I would rank them in that order myself. That's me. Bubba, feel free to play any of it if you want to. We're, we're sitting here not listening to the music that we're talking about. But I would go off the wall as Michael Jackson's best album. And I looked down at my phone as soon as I said that, and I could not help but notice that that's all anyone was reacting to. You get crickets on my Cowboys take. <laughs> I got nothing. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Greeny's yelling again. But you say that Off the Wall is a better album than Thriller, and all of a sudden people want to talk about it. So I'm wide open to that conversation. Let's hear from you uh, at Twitter. Again, uh, you can just tweet me. Just use the hashtag Greeny. Hashtag Greeny, Greeny with a Y, and I will see it. I see all of them. And speaking of Twitter, my poll question is up today. That also seems to be getting a little bit of attention. So I asked you, with Tua time now being a thing in Miami, Tua Tungavailoa, as we discussed at length yesterday, that news broke right before we came on the air for this show yesterday. I put the question up on Twitter with Tua now the starter in Miami. Who winds up winning that division? Who you got? Patriots? Bills? Dolphins? Other. I couldn't put Jets up there. I couldn't bring myself to do it. My first thought was to put Jets up there with a bunch of emojis, like laughing emojis or crying emojis. I honestly, people think I did it to make fun of the Jets. I'm getting some, some pushback. Some people think it's funny that I did it that way. Others think that I did it really to try and pile on. The truth is it was the opposite. If I had put the Jets on as an option, think how ludicrous that would seem. Not only would they get 0% of the vote that was being done seriously, but would have just led to a never-ending sequence of nasty comments about how terrible the Jets are. And Lord knows I can take care of those all by myself here on the air. I don't need people tweeting them. So I thought it might actually be easier if I just put other. My initial inclination was just to put three options, which you can do on a poll. But then I thought to myself, is it even more disrespectful of the Jets to not even include them as though the division only has three teams? There probably isn't another division in the sport where we would do that. Where if you were to list the options right now, you wouldn't list all four teams. Maybe Cincinnati? In the AFC North, is there another team out there that you say has literally no chance of winning a division? I don't know. Maybe there is. That's not the point. The point is, I really did that in part because I thought it would spare some of the humiliation from my favorite team instead of the way some people are interpreting it. 
Anyway, you can cast your vote at ESPN Greeny on Twitter. Who do you like in that division? We'll keep an eye on how that goes. And again, your thoughts on anything here, as always, you can tweet me. Just use the hashtag Greeny, hashtag G-R-E-E-N-Y. Coming up next, Ed Werder on the Cowboys and my favorite soundbite of the day, by far, which came from the least likely source. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa whose interests are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and over. You can also sort by category like cologne, watches, and more, or gift lists like items for the grill master or the golfer you can also get top tech from beats headphones to jbl portable speakers or if you're looking for top brands you'll find gifts from calvin klein polo ralph Lauren, and columbia so what are you waiting for father's day is june 16th and it'll be here before you know it macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to make selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year head to macy's.com slash gift finder today that's macy's.com slash gift finder Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you gotta check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantol chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious, beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders, dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. NextGuard is a registered trademark of Boehringer Ingelheim, Animal Health France, used under license. 2024 Boehringer Ingelheim Animal Health USA Incorporated, Duluth, Georgia, all rights reserved. Meanwhile, I like it a lot better than talking about anonymous quotes from NFL locker rooms where players who are too gutless to put their names to something will start chirping about what a bad job the coach is doing when the team stinks. So that's what seems to be going on at least a little bit in Dallas right now. And whenever there's anything going on with the Cowboys, I want to talk to Ed Werder, who joins me here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And so, Ed, as we sort of sit back and look at the Cowboys, because it's such a strange situation to be in, to have played as badly as they have, to look as bad as they do, and to be in first place in your division is something that so rarely happens in any sport that I don't really know exactly what we should be expecting. What is your sense of where they are right now and where this thing could head in the immediate future? Well, I think they're a dysfunctional mess, and I think that has been reflected uh, on the scoreboard. While Mike McCarthy came in and kept most of the offense the same, uh, including retaining Kellen Moore, the young offensive play caller, you know, he's made dramatic changes as to what they're trying to do on defense, and they've done that with no success. I mean, if you just look at the numbers that they've given up, 39, 38, 49, 34, 38 points. I mean, they've played uh, from a deficit of 14 or more points five consecutive weeks uh, because they can't protect the football. It's the most elemental thing in the entire game. It's something that McCarthy and his staff spent a lot of time uh, emphasizing, 
they start every practice with uh, those sorts of drills, three different circuits of protecting the football and, and getting the football out. And yet they have had no success in that regard. And if anything, the turnover problems only become worse as they've gone through the season because they had four the other night, and that's the most they've had all year long. And that's a statistic where they lead the NFL. Edward with me, Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So what can they do? I, I, we all sort of look at Jerry Jones sometimes as though he's like George Steinbrenner in his youth, as though he'll go crazy and make a bunch of moves. And generally speaking, he doesn't do that. He, he did, of course, make the big trade for Amari Cooper a couple of years ago, and that worked out extremely well. So what, if anything, can they do to change the mojo and, and get this thing going in the right direction? Well, you know, as, as we talked about on, on TV this morning, uh, I wonder how much of what we saw the other night against the Cardinals was sort of a psychological reaction from the locker room to the recognition that they're not going to have Dak Prescott uh, play quarterback the rest of the year. And he's their, you know, consistent playmaker, undisputed emotional leader. Uh, and, and I think there's a recognition that they can't achieve their goals without him. Uh, and especially you're playing now, uh, while you're playing, you know, NFC East teams, and, and, and they're not very good either, uh, the Washington football team they play this week on a short week on the road does have five first-round picks on the defensive line. And Andy Dalton held the ball way too long the other night for a guy who was not well-protected, and he shouldn't expect to be well-protected this week either because not only have the Cowboys lost their quarterback, but their offensive line want the strength of the team has been decimated. I mean, they've lost both their offensive tackles for the entire year. They're starting a rookie center because they lost veteran Joe Looney after they lost Travis Frederick to retirement. Uh, now Zach Martin's in the didn't finish the game the other night, and he's in the concussion protocol, and his availability is uncertain. And they might be starting a third different left tackle because Terrence Steele, or uh, I'm sorry, not Terrence Steele, um, but Brandon Knight suffered a knee injury on the final play of the game the other mm. night in a non-contact situation. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to be able to do offensively. And, you know, Zeke Elliott, he's had a fumble issue, obviously, Mike, and hasn't had a single 100-yard rushing performance in six weeks under Mike McCarthy. That's the longest set streak of his career. And defensively, they've shown no ability to compete with, with anyone for, you know, four quarters. What a mess. My goodness, it really is a mess. And yet they sit there at two and four, the leaders in the NFC East, and, and maybe maybe they wind up finding some way to cobble this thing to seven wins and get in the playoffs that way. Ed, it was great to talk to you this morning. And again here, thank you for jumping in, and I will talk to you soon. Anytime, Mike. Always good to talk football with Ted. Ted Werder there with the very latest on the Cowboys. is plugged into that situation, of course, as anybody, and has been for a long time. And, and so we'll just leave them there for the moment. There are two teams that I find right now the most interesting because of the circumstances they are in. The Cowboys, because that is a team, well, first of all, they're just the Cowboys. That's just, that's just what they are. And it, it's just, there's just a level of drama with them that doesn't exist with anybody else. And that has a lot of benefits. And then when things are going this way, it has a lot of disadvantages. And then the other one is the Browns, who turned themselves into the most talked about team in the NFL with all their acquisitions of last year and their brash young quarterback in Baker Mayfield who coming out of his rookie year looked like he was on the verge of stardom. And then you don't need me to tell you that everything went completely the wrong way after that. Last year was a disaster. Everything was pretty much written down as having been the coach's fault, and it probably was. This year, they're the most difficult-to-figure-out team in the whole sport because they begin their season with a game against Baltimore, and they get just waxed 
Like, they look so bad in that game that you start thinking to yourself, ah, they're done. I mean, blow this thing up. Then they win four straight. And the coach looks good because the coach is finding ways to sort of put window dressing around the quarterback, who, by the way, was the first pick in the draft three years ago. Then they play Pittsburgh in a statement game, trying to resurrect a rivalry that really hasn't been a rivalry in a long time. That was the biggest game the Browns have played in 20 years. And they were never in it. Mayfield threw a pick six in the first, what felt like the first 30 seconds of the game, and it was over. They never threatened at all. So now where are they? Well, here's what Baker Mayfield said today. With all the criticism that's been out there of him, there's been plenty of it on my TV show in the morning and here on this radio show as well. And I'm far from the only one. Certainly a lot of loud criticism of Baker Mayfield. He responded to some of that today. Here's what he said. I don't give a damn what they say. Um, it's, it's within this building. Uh, we know we can be better. I know I can be better. And that's how it's going to be handled. The outside noise doesn't matter. They get paid to talk. We get paid to do our work. So uh, that's how it's going to be handled. That is exactly right. I love Baker Mayfield saying that. He's obviously right. He gets paid to play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. People like me get paid to give our opinion about it. When he plays great, we tell him how great he is. When he plays badly, we talk about how bad he is. We sit here and speculate and run our mouths with no ramifications. Really none. I think that this, that this is the beginning of the end. This is my opinion. I told you this yesterday. If I'm first guessing this, I'm first guessing that next year they have a different starting quarterback. That at the end of this year, they will have made the decision they're not picking up his fifth-year option and they will have someone else in there. Again, I hope I'm wrong because I really like the kids. Chutzpah, I, like, I like a lot of things about him. I just don't think he's great. But there are no ramifications for me if I'm actually wrong. If he goes out there and plays great this weekend, they play, uh, oh, they play Cincinnati this weekend. So that's a game they should win. And they'll be five and two. Five and two is five and two, however you get there. And if he puts together a great season and proves all of us wrong, I'll be the first to tell you I was wrong, but there will have been no ramifications. So I support Baker Mayfield. I support him talking that way. He absolutely should. He absolutely should. He's exactly right. It's our job to talk about it. It's his job to play great. Go out there and play great. I hope he does. I really do. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since his rookie year. But that brashness, that's his, that's his ticket to it. That's the best thing he has going for him, is that chip on his shoulder and his self-belief. So I hope he doesn't lose that, and I hope he goes out there and proves us all wrong starting this weekend. All right, uh, what do we have scheduled here for next? Oh, yes, of course, this is my absolute favorite. 888-SAY-ESPN, it's time for this. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. It's time for the airing of grievances. Yours and mine, 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, listening to Michael Jackson's best album today and enjoying the reaction to that. But there's nothing to enjoy about the airing of grievances, and that is a, a tradition unlike any other on this program. It is time for those. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. Yes, if you're a football fan, you have a lot of reasons to feel aggrieved, and it's time for you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN is the number. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you. Treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Doug, you are first up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Doug, air your grievance. Hey, Greeny. What's going on? Thanks for taking the call. Thank you. Just wanted to get a call in about the Buffalo Bills. Take Tuesday half half day at work, and they give up 250 yards rushing. The Bills are who we thought they are. You know, that's a good one. I, I certainly feel your, your grievance. I would feel aggrieved, too, if I were a, a hashtag Bills Mafia. What I will say is they stayed in that defense the whole night. And then we did a great job diagramming it for you on TV in the morning. Like they never, ever, they had their linebackers playing eight yards off the line of scrimmage. They just basically stuck their jaw out and said, go ahead, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, run it right down our throat. I get that you're picking your poison against Patrick, but they just gave themselves no chance. If those teams see each other again in the playoffs, I have to believe they'll do something different. Mahomes is going to make a lot of people look bad, but you can't let them just run it down your throat. Matt, you are next on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Matt, air your grievance. Hey, Greeny. This is uh, the Eagles fan from uh, Texas. Yep. So here's my thing. Fourth and one, Carson Wentz sacked six times, knocked down 16 times, and you quarterback sneak when you got Jalen Hurts and other guys. It's like Swaggy asking to be a tackling dummy, <laughs> and you're nervous to hike the ball. <laughs> it's well put. It's well played. You get extra points for referencing the show. Um, look, there's a lot of reason to be frustrated in Philadelphia today, but can I try and bring a little smile to your aggrieved face during this moment of Festivus, Matt? Our simulations, our football power index, our analytics, they run these simulations of the season. They, they play out the season like 40,000 times, and there's a better than 50-50 chance that the Eagles win the division. The likeliest number I think they said was that they'd be 6-9-1 and one or 7-8-1. and one but that it is more likely right now than the Eagles that the Eagles win the division than it is Cowboys or Giants or Washington. That's the likeliest outcome. I don't even know if that's what you want. If you're the Eagles, do you want? If you're a fan, do you want to see them in the playoffs? I guess you do. Maybe that makes you feel better. Maybe not. One way or another. We've got the grievance line working here. Go ahead, Zach. Air your grievance. Hey, Greeny. First time caller. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, my grievance today is with the Jets. Uh, it's just, I, I got to say, it's the show's hashtag Greeny. It's not hashtag Zach, but I'm really getting sick of them being so bad that they're getting so much airtime on your show, man. I get it. It's your show, but 
it's really a pain sometimes. I hear you. I understand. It's not the first time I've had that complaint registered against me. Bottom line of it is this. You've got your team and your fandom, and I've got mine. So I'm going to sit here and be real with you guys, and sometimes it's going to mean I'm going to be upset about the team I root for. Because like you, I'm, I'm sitting here for the same reason you are. I'm a sports fan. First and foremost, I'm a football fan. That's been my team since birth. My parents had season tickets before I was born. Nothing I can do about it. So do I talk about them sometimes a little too much? Absolutely. The one or two years in my entire career that they were good (laughs) was a delight because they were actually worth talking about. But Zach, I take no offense. You're not the first person who has felt that way and you won't be the last. Fred, you're next on the Dr. Pepper call online. Fred, air your grievance. Mr. Greenberg, happy Festivus. Thank you to you as well. So earlier I called this program on the earlier rendition of airing our grievances, and I implored the Texans to get rid of Bill O'Brien. And this is a classic case of be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. (laughs) Because instead, this is like they they fired Kramer and they handed the reins over to crazy Joe Davola. It makes (laughs) no sense whatsoever. Fred, let's stay, leave Fred up because I want to ask him a question. First of all, all the references are excellent. The additional Seinfeld references are excellent. I'm not sure if happy Festivus is necessarily the right, is the right sentiment, if it shouldn't be more like cranky Festivus. But that said, so what you're telling me is you disagreed with Romeo going for the two? Is that, is that, is that the reason for your call? Why do you go for two when you're up by seven and an extra point would put you up by eight and put all the pressure on the opposing offense to score eight points to tie. I get it. By going for two, by going for two, you you guarantee if you do, if you I, I I get it. If you if you get the two, you've got a ninety eight percent chance of, of winning. But if you don't get the two, you put your team in a position to lose. And this is a coach who they had already decided years earlier didn't belong on the sidelines anymore, and now they hand him the reins. It makes no sense. I love the call. Fred, I love the passion. I love the grievance. I love it all. I I can merely tell you that the analytics say he did the right thing. Now, that doesn't mean they are. It is the right thing. And, And I say this to Rex and all the time. Coaching is more of an art than it is a science. The analytics are a suggestion. But you look at the circumstance. But I... I can't fight with a guy saying, if Deshaun Watson gets me two yards, this game is over, making that decision. Keyshawn Johnson next. Greeny with you, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.